First name, Mr. Last name, Glass. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? I see dead people. Welcome back to Chronologically. This is the podcast where Eric. Hey, Jeff. He's over there. Hey. hey, hey, and me, I'm Jeff. We go through full filmographies of some of cinema's greatest creators. In this season, season three, we're taking a look at the works of M. Night Shyamalan. And uh, I said last week the honeymoon was over. Well, uh, are we in full divorce mode? Let's let's see. Let's see. <laughs> so, yeah, this week we watched The Happening uh, starring uh, Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, Leguizamo, Johnny Legs. Uh, who else was in this thing? The guy I recognized was Frank Collison. Who's he? Who is the the nursery owner, the plant guy who first came up with the theory that it was the plants? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was uh, an old brother. Where art thou? Yeah, I recognize him. Jeremy Strong from Succession shows up as the soldier guy, and my wife. My wife. Okay, so let me a little bit of little bit I of wife talk here. My recorded wife, an episode one moment before you do your just because Jeremy Strong was in a movie I watched and recorded an episode of the movie Draft House called The Gentleman yesterday, but just a weird connection I didn't recognize. But uh, your your anecdote, please. Oh well, she is really really good at recognizing people in films and making uh, making connections. And yesterday she pulled like perhaps the all-time greatest one of these off we were watching the happening and when uh john linguizamo ditches everybody and gets in the jeep and they're going to go to princeton yeah from the reflection of the eyes and the eyebrows in the mirror she clocked the driver of the jeep as dante from clerks i was like there is no (laughs) way there is no way that's correct. And I looked it up and she fucking nailed it. Like she nailed yeah. it. I was blown away. Like, like it was it was definitely the best she's ever done because she doesn't even like clerks. In fact, she hates clerks. Like she won't watch yeah. clerks two or three with me. Like, but but for whatever reason, she pulled that Dante uh from clerks out of her ass while watching well the done. happening. It was very, very uh very exciting moment. The other, oh yeah, he's in it, is uh, when Cameron was in Egypt's land. Oh, right, 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 yeah, for two seconds, yeah. my Cameron go. Another Anytime he's connection. in something, I sing that song. It's Same. the best. Well, it's a must, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have you seen The Happening? This is number two. So. Wow, poop, huh? I, I definitely, like, at this point in the Shyamalan Uva, shall we say? I think I mispronounced that. Uh, I, I I'm definitely, I'm definitely out of. Uh, I'm going to the theater to see them all. After that lady in the water poison hit me, uh, I'm definitely not going to see. But I am still going to make time to pull them out of the red box and watch them. Right, like that's where I'm at when the happening comes. Um, so I think that's probably what happened. I think the happening probably came out on video, and I probably rented it somewhere wherever I was renting movies at the time watched it you know cackled and (laughs) said okay i'm good on that so this is this is 
the the second time that I've sat down to watch the movie. How about you? First viewing. This is a the uh, a blind spot of mine because I heard how horrible it was. I saw the clips of Mark Wahlberg pretending to act and was just like, you know, I think I'm good, which is surprising because I am generally speaking a guy who's like, I'm just going to watch it at Shyamalan. Like, I, I'm okay with the fact that this guy is a 50-50 director, right? He's a highs and lows guy. You either get something great, you know, and so I'm going to take the chance because the he's going to at least so surprise him. Yeah, the highs right. are so high, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, and I think I just, I've never been a big Wahlberg fan outside of an action or comedy. Like, I love him in the other guys when he has will ferrell there to play off of and he can improvise and be ragey and then i like him when he's an action guy because he's ripped and he can but when he has to act when he has to emote something other than anger he's bad he's bad he's not good at it and i i reviewed a movie on an old podcast that i was on years ago uh called Lone Survivor, where he was this oh, yeah, yeah, army yeah. guy. Uh-huh. And it's a pretty decent movie, pretty but movie, they yeah. get to the scenes where he's supposed to be breaking down and he's afraid, and it just doesn't work. He's no Donnie Wahlberg. He, right. Yeah. Oh, but perfect. <laughs> but, and along with that, I've never been a big Zoe Deschanel fan. While I enjoy movies like uh, 500 Days of Summer, I love that movie, but it's mostly because... Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fantastic, and she just always plays the same aloof sort of character. And I, f- I never, when I'm watching her movies, feel like there's that point where I forget that I'm watching her and I'm watching the character. And so that combination is a bad start. I would have much preferred Johnny Legs been the lead because i love leguizamo I, anytime you see him on screen i'm like yay um i don't know if you've seen the menu oh um, fuck yeah it's great he, yeah <laughs> yeah he, he's really fun in that i i love john leguizamo um but unfortunately i think we just had the wrong leads and a a, a bad script with the wrong leads and frankly I didn't even notice that much of like Shyamalan's fingerprints on this. Like, you know, he has this particular way of shooting things. Like a lot of shots are from behind someone's back while they're speaking dialogue to someone else. So you're only seeing that person's reaction and you just don't get that sort of Shyamalan feel to the cinematography. Like I, I did on other ones. So, so okay, I, so I, th- I think I'm, I'm catching the vibe here that your knee jerk reaction was this kind of sucked. Like that that's that's what I'm I'm getting from what you're saying here. I was going to ask you like what what your thoughts were while you were watching the film since it was your first. They're time, largely but. negative. They're largely negative because one thing I do appreciate is that there wasn't a twist, right? You yes. know, the whole it's the plants really wasn't a twist. They tell you that pretty early on. And they, they're not sure, but then they kind of figure it out. So it wasn't like, oh, at the end of the movie, it's the, the fucking plants. But so I appreciated that. 
there is only like one sequence in this movie that I really liked. Well, there's a couple. Some of the death scenes are really good. Like the the scene at the construction site when the first body falls. Yes. And the worker's like, oh God, like, and he's visibly distraught. He's like, we've had an accident. Like, it, it reminded me actually of September 11th. Of course. I mean, like, how first... could it not? Like, that's that. Right. I mean, I, he well, must have well, known and he must have been on some level going for that. You know, like, like you can't do a scene like that without acknowledging that this well, happened in real life not too long before. Specifically, you know? not, not just the people falling off the building, but specifically, like, when the first plane hit the building, right? We were all kind of like, whoa, weird accident. Right. I just remember like some knucklehead flew and then the second plane hits. You're like, oh, fuck. Like this is something else. Right. Yeah. And that's what happens in this scene. The first body drops. Oh, my gosh, we've had an accident. And it's obviously still horrible. But then the next one comes and then the next one comes and it starts raining. I thought that scene was super effective. It really kind of set the tone for what was going happening in the movie i think it may be better than just about any other death scene in the film yeah okay so my initial viewing i had a very similar reaction to you like i i i definitely was like boy Wahlberg is really really like even linguizamo's pretty stiff in this it feels very much like like you can see the direction that they've been given. I thought like, it looks like, okay, we're going to walk up to this mark. We're both going to stop. We're going to turn and look at each other. We're going to deliver our lines and it's going to be stiff. I felt like Zoe Deschanel, this is pre new girl, which I've watched all of. I've watched that entire show and I think she's pretty wonderful in it, but, yeah. but, I, I disliked her in this for the same reasons that I liked her in, in that. And it's that, like you said, she's a pretty awkward presence, right? And, and in this in particular, it's almost like she's playing the role as a robot who is trying to be a human being and isn't pulling it off. You know, like, like it's like so all of them are so stiff and weird like the the closest analogy i can come up with is uh phantom menace where it's kind of like why are they all so wooden but this is even yeah. worse than that like they're they're not wooden they're weird not humans you know like the, just You're the way they come, act. the way they converse is so strange and the dialogue is so strange and and I also remember enjoying like a lot of the death scenes and thinking like, oh, that's pretty good. Oh, that bear is eating that dude or that tiger lion, whatever it was. Is oh, eating that when dude. he's in the yeah. zoo thing. Like, yeah, I, I, I like that too. I like some of but that it was stuff. almost comical, right? It almost came across as funny to me. Like yeah. he's just like, eat my arm. Yeah, yeah. But this time watching it, it clicked for me. It clicked for me. Interesting. And I realized what was happening here. And I have to say, I'm coming down positive on the happening. I Ooh, I think I'm going to watch it. I think I'm going to watch it again. I think I think I'm going to watch it more. Like I think it's going to go into the rotation of stuff that I watch because listening to the dialogue this time, like my wife and I were playing a game of oh that line was terrible as we were as we <laughs> because there are so many lines of dialogue in this movie that are just like what the hell like they're so bad 
they're super memorable, right? Like, yeah, I, I typed out a whole bunch of them. Like, uh, are you eyeing my lemon drink? Which is what I texted you after I watched it. And uh, uh, we can't just stand here as uninvolved observers, you know, like, like a whole bunch of really, really bad dialogue. I hated that. And scene. then I was thinking about it and I was like, hold on a minute. This is the guy that wrote the sixth sense. This is the guy that wrote signs. This is the guy that wrote Unbreakable. This guy can write fantastic dialogue. He can direct actors. He can shoot a scene, you know, so that it's epic and sweeping, even if it's small in scope. You know, like this is a guy that has those skills. Oh my God, this is on purpose. He is doing this on purpose. He wrote it this way on purpose to be corny. He filmed it terribly on purpose. He is directing them to behave this way. And then, so I was thinking, like, what if you took the marketing for this movie and you changed it, right? And it was like, you know, in 1956, Alfred Hitchcock gave you the birds. And in 1958, whoever the hell brought you the blob. And now in 2008, M. Night brings you the happening right like if you if you set up that expectation going into the movie that you're about to watch like a 1950s creature feature like homage and then you sit down and watch it it all makes sense like it all totally falls into place and you're like oh okay (laughs) like this is supposed to be a shitty movie. <laughs> like that's what the point is. Is that like but, like I'm sure there are things like like thematically that he's trying to like send across and so on, but there's no way that this guy made a movie this shitty unless he was doing it on purpose. And and if you watch it through that lens, it all clicks. Like it all totally clicks. I I can't get on board yet okay i'm gonna allow you to try to sell me on this throughout the course of the episode but so how do you feel about the concept of the film like is this a viable concept for a movie like because a lot of people like full stop hated that it was the plants didn't want to have any further conversation about it this is fucking stupid you know okay so So where are you at on that don't bother me that much right like um i think it could have been similar to like a war of the world situation where yeah the aliens die the end from the virus and a lot of people don't like that but everything else in war of the worlds is awesome right all the thrills and the chills and the running from the aliens is there so the the plants weren't the problem to a degree the problem was is that we had an unseen villain we had an antagonist that's not on screen that has no motives, you know, you know, I mean, they say they end up that they kind of have a motive, like it's a warning, but it's a stretch. And that to me is the biggest problem. The thing about something like, and it kept coming back to war of the worlds is we have an antagonist on screen. We can see their robots. We can watch their lasers blast people to bits. And in this movie, the villains sort of are the like the people take their own lives. And so there's no actual tangible threat, right? It's an invisible gas. Yeah. And I think to me that hurts the film 
because there's nothing for me to latch on to to really hate this antagonist, to really fear it even, because it is so invisible. And um, there are moments where it kind of works, like the 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 old lady in the house, which we'll get to the full scene. But when she's outside by herself and then she starts walking backwards, you're like, Oh shit. Like that kind of worked a little bit. Like they, they earned that. They set up the whole situation. It kind of gave me that. But I think that was one of my big problems. The biggest problem of all though, is the acting and, um, the screenplay. Like it just, None of it works. And like you said, you th- you believe maybe he did this on purpose, which I'm okay with, but nobody got the note, right? Nobody got, right. hey, nobody this, got the note. this is yes. a joke. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, take this with a grain of salt. I'm paying hom- homage to the birds or whatever. And the birds uh, is not a particularly great film. It's celebrated, but, you know, I've seen it in the recent past and uh, you can listen to my review, but it's better than this to be honest, like I think there are moments that are better, but I just, I think like I, I, I'm with you on the no tangible. Uh, and, and I think there are probably better ways to sell it than what's happening in this movie. Like I, I watched a movie once about a dirty bomb and it was all like, there was a guy in the house and his wife was outside the house and he had taped up the windows and the door. And the whole thing was this push and pull of, is he going to let her in? Right. And that movie was very tense. And, uh, you know, they, they found ways to kind of sell the idea that there's this stuff in the air, you know, that's very threatening. I think in this case, in particular, using the wind as a visual, uh, for like, oh, it's coming for us is a real problem because wind doesn't work the way wind works in this movie. Yes. Right. Like, like it, th- it's not something you can see coming. It's not something you can run away from. And it, like, it's- I, I get like, there's the scene in the field, right? Where you can see the air moving past the, the brush. Right. Yes. And it's literally chasing them. And it kind of reminded me of like evil dead almost where this invisible thing was chasing them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I agree. It just kind of doesn't work. And so I think maybe what they could have done to really kind of give this a little more edge is, and they kind of get there a little bit near the end of having, people be the problem right we're in this make this a a movie about a panic situation and now some people are selfish and and like that couple that locks their house down and and kills those two kids you know and just kind of that struggle of self-preservation over being a human and helping others and and just kind of telling some sort of story with the theme that was the other thing like i couldn't grasp any theme there was no uh, element of faith or anything there the and then there was no moment like even in lady in the water when paul giamatti has that breakdown when he's he's praying essentially over story where it's this great effective scene and it's just a piece of acting you can take home with you 
There's none of that. There's no, their reconciliation doesn't work. Oh, well, right? I mean, there's I, no climax in this movie. Like, right. they, like, it does not lead up to a big climactic moment. I mean, they, they show the guy on the news that shows the arc of how, you know, it's going to, like, become worse and worse. And, and we infer from the conversations that that means that smaller and smaller groups are going to be targeted by the plants. Um, but in the end, like there's no tension to the scene where they decide to go outside. Like it's almost, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like they both mutually decide, well, if we're going to die, let's do it together. We're just going to go outside and be together and we're going to get, you know, we're going to kill ourselves and this kid is going to kill herself yeah. you know like, we're just gonna, we're, we're kind of safe right now but we're going to give up on that because we're separated like, right by 50 yards of grass it. and we don't like that so we're going to go outside and then it's like oh well i guess the event ended and that's the end like like that's kind of how the whole thing wraps up is oh i guess it's over now you know and and so that is a pretty uh nothing happens sort of way to end the film i don't know how they could have ended it otherwise um because you have like the whole structure of the movie is them isolating themselves further and further from other people and so like at the end they're all alone the end you know like i don't know how you could have a big bang up ending other than that but it's a pretty weird structure and it's a weird way to end the film and then the coda with france you know and it's starting there now too regarding the theme there's something with the bees, like the bees, there's a quote at the beginning from Einstein about the bees, which I discovered is not real and made that shit up. Uh, and then like the bees kind of come up several times throughout the movie. And the best I can do is like, we, at this point in time, 20 years later, we are aware that there is a big problem with the bees. And if all the bees die, we're going to die too because the bees pollinate the crops and all the chemicals that we're using everywhere in the world are like killing all the bees. And so it's, it's a big issue. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to use robot bees. Is there like a fake way we can pollinate? If the bees go extinct, extinct, we're screwed. So the best I can come up with for this movie is the plants are aware that the humans are killing the bees. And so they decide to kill the humans as a means of self-preservation to support the bees right (laughs) we got us the plants are like hey guys we got to save the bees these monkeys are killing all the bees we got to take down these monkeys and they'd start spewing their pollen in the air or whatever the hell like but i mean so i guess in some way it's like an environmental message but really, oh, clearly, it's yeah, right. It's, it's but really, it's just a way to have people run around in fields, you know, running from the wind. I mean, yeah, yeah, and, and having vicious suicide scenes. Um, and that being said, let's talk about this. Is his? I don't know if it's his only R-rated film, but I think it is his only R-rated film. I think Knocking the Cabin um, is rated R too. Um, yeah, it might be. Yeah. Um. Does it How'd add anything? Um, does it? I think, I think this is a point though where it needed to be because I think it's kind of like showing suicide on screen is sort of like the f bomb. Yes, like you only need two f bombs to be an R-rated film, and I think just having a suicide on screen is like 
are. And so in that regard, because I think a lot of the violence is relatively tame other than the guy's arm being chewed off. Um, it is. There's more violence than I remembered and expected. There are a few scenes that I was kind of surprised, like when the guy turns on the lawnmower and lays down in front of it and they keep flashing over to Mark Wahlberg. I kept, I was like out loud going, don't puss out M. Night, don't puss out M. Night, show it. And then he does. And I was like, whoa, he actually showed, he showed the guy getting run over by the lawnmower. It's not super graphic, but he did show it. Um, so, yeah, I do. I do feel like in the telling of the story, it might have been less effective without the violence. Like you got to yeah. you kind of got to have and, and some of it was less graphic than it could have been, you know, like the scenes where people are like picking up the gun, you know, and shooting themselves. He's it's not he's not showing everybody shoot themselves. Right. He's, he's showing yeah. one guy you know and he shoots himself off screen and then falls into the shot and then somebody else walks towards the gun and they fall into the shot and then the last one is just a pair of legs and then you hear the the shot off screen and the same thing happens with the soldier um where you know you just start hearing the gunshots off in the distance as people are you know picking up his gun and shooting themselves um which i guess is the fate that happens to the hot dog people uh oh they're they're with that group (laughs) I loved that guy. What's with the I, hot dogs? <laughs> I just, I appreciated him and his enthusiasm for hot dogs and plants. Like, well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what, that's what makes this movie funny. That whole exchange with the hot dogs is so like, what the hell? It doesn't come back into play except for one shot where he's out there eating he's a hot eating dog. He's eating a hot dog. <laughs> like, but it's, it's absolutely like, pointless. Honey, you got the... You got the mustard right. Like, it's essential on this trip they're going on. To have the mustard for the hot dogs. But the whole the whole exchange, like I rewound it to make my wife watch it again because the whole exchange where he's going on about hot dogs and then he looks at Zoe Deschanel and he's like, "You like hot dogs, don't you?" And she just does the weirdest, like, "No, you know, <laughs> just, <laughs> no." And you hillbilly, broken. No, I don't like hot dogs. <laughs> Who doesn't like hot dogs? I mean, honestly, her reaction to this, all this of is- the people they meet is so shitty. Like she's really fake and judgy she's kind of a terrible person in this movie like beyond the joey tiramisu situation which is pointless joey tier oh joey tiramisu her yeah yeah her yeah she goes out for tiramisu with joey um i was like he's italian she's um she's really judgy about the the hot dog people she's kind of judgy this is about the the old lady from the hot dog guy we're packing hot dogs for the road you know hot dogs get a bad rep they got a cool shape they got protein and I'm like, you know what? You're right, hot dog man. <laughs> I agree with him. So so let's yeah. So the hot dog people kill themselves, you know, with that group, and then we have the two kids that go along with them who uh, behave very strangely as well. Like, why does the one kid flip out at the house and start calling those people pussies? Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why does that happen? You know, like people in this movie Learned behave parenting. as though they've never seen people before. You know, it's just very, yeah. it's all very strange and, and stilted and great. And I love it. So let's talk about the romance then. The uh, Mark Wahlberg. And again, I don't think that they have on screen chemistry in any way. Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel. But there's this story of, so Johnny Legs is there. Uh, uh, you get the idea that he's a friend of Mark Wahlberg before 
the marriage. Yes. Right. And he does not approve. He openly doesn't approve of the marriage. Right. He said, like, I saw her and she just wasn't committed. And so and he doesn't like her, like to the point where there's the scene where he's Johnny Legs is asking them to take care of his daughter because he's going to go find his wife and it may not be safe in Princeton. And then she goes to reach for his hand and he says, do not take my daughter's hand unless you mean it. And I was just like, damn, like he's his opinion of her is so low. And I don't know that it's fair, right? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I just, I felt like it was a bit mean, you know, like maybe she's not committed to, to Elliot, you know, Mark Wahlberg, but I don't know. It just felt intentionally kind of cringe. Well, I mean, yeah, their whole thing with their relationship is, real weird and and like the rest of the movie it's delivered in such a strange way that whole conversation with the two of them talking about her when they're leaving the school is like the whole time it's like hey you know there's other shit going on here there's a huge national emergency and everybody's dying why are we having this conversation right now right like (laughs) why why yeah uh you know that's how all of their relationship conversations are it's like what what are you doing talking about this right now um it might it might feel unfair i don't know like i've got a buddy who has always felt free to weigh in on my relationships and tell me how shitty the person I'm dating is and so on and so forth. And if I ever tried to do it to him, he gets real mad and says, you're not allowed to talk about that. So, so like I, I have like, that it's friend. Not like she's, <laughs> it's not like she's abusive to him. No. Right. No. Maybe the relationship isn't in a good place, but it isn't the sort of thing where I, as a friend would feel that I need to step in, you know, like if, if, they're physically or emotionally really being hurt. Like my, as me as a friend in that situation said, have you guys thought about counseling would be my thing. Maybe start there and see what happens. But it just, that guy, he's just so opposed to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it takes a certain sort of gumption to tell your buddy that you don't like their wife, you know, like, yes, like (laughs) that's not a thing that I'm real comfortable doing. Like, Hey, you know, I saw her on your wedding day and she was crying because she's not that into you. You know, like yeah. saying that out loud to somebody, that's a big conversation. You don't have it, it on is. the steps. Not outside. just to have right outside of school. Yeah, you can tell they've had it before again because he's like, oh, the wedding day again. You know, and <laughs> it's all so freaking weird. But to get back to the point where John Linguizamo is giving his daughter to his friend and his untrusted wife to take care of so he can go off with clerks and find his wife in, uh, in, in Princeton. Uh, no dude, like you're a shitty father. No, don't do that. Like, why would you do? You can't do that. Like I love my wife, but I'm not going to give my kid to my buddies. So I can go look for my wife. You know how fucking pissed off my wife would be at me. Yes. If I found her like no way. Absolutely not. Like, okay. So we just had a baby and going into childbirth. I was like, Oh man, you know, like just, just having like stupid conversation. I was like, Oh man, what if it's one of those situations where I have to choose between you and the baby? And she was like, Oh, you fucking choose the baby. 
or else I'm going to resent you for the rest of your life. She's like, got all serious on me, right? <laughs> I love her. She's awesome. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so that's, that's what it would be. If I rolled up into Princeton yeah. with a Jeep full of people, she would be like, where's Jess? Where's the, where's the baby? Like, you asshole. You left him with your yep. friend? Like, smack, 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 kicking the nuts, smack, punch, punch, punch on the ground. You know? <laughs> like, it's, it's, there's a, um, a movie I saw. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's got Ewan McGregor and there's a, uh, what do you call the big wave? Oh, a tsunami. Yeah, yeah, I know that big wave movie. I haven't seen it, but I've seen trailers. I've seen the it. Impossible there's a review or of something it. like that, right? Yes, the impossible. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he has that choice of looking for his children or looking for his wife. And I've always been like, well, my wife is an adult, right? I'm gonna go get like she would know how to handle herself. I will go look for the kid. You know what I mean? Like. That's kind of my whole thing is like the kid needs you. Your spouse is an adult and they have the abilities you do. So trust them. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And now, now in this particular case, it does happen to work out. It seems as though Zoe Deschanel grows up a little bit and, and so does Mark Wahlberg and they end up taking care of the kid who, by the way, at the end wears an avatar backpack. I don't know if you happen to catch that little detail. Really? Yes, she's wearing an avatar backpack. Uh, so that begs the quick question then, is the next movie Fox as well? I don't know. So this, I don't this know. is his third studio in as many movies, right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, obviously Warner Brothers were like, yeah, we're good dog. Like, I think. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I got this happening script. Trust us. We're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> and so it ends up going to uh, Fox. Yeah. And so, so I don't know where Avatar gets made, um, but it definitely like it, it could be like a little Easter egg. It could just be coincidence. But I did. I did notice it when she was getting on the bus. But yeah, those two uh, kind of pull it together and they can act as surrogate parents for her. And then they find out that they're bringing a baby into this world where plants cause people to kill themselves and they're very happy about it they do a weird little happy dance out on the sidewalk and uh and and yeah so they they kind of the end result of their travails and train trips and farm hiking is that they are able to grow up and be functional adults (sighs) sigh silence i I just (laughs) this it Okay, so let's talk about. I said the 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 part I liked at the beginning, with the the initial guys falling off the building, and I thought that scene was very effective. They get to a house with the old lady. Yes, and the movie from that point actually picks up a little for me. I like this crazy old lady. Like she is at least interesting and kind of scary and weird right like they she's like i guess i gotta get you guys to come in and i'll feed you dinner and then they have the scene where the daughter reaches for the cookie and she slaps the hand yes and then it gets really quiet and i'm like this is effective this is very good because they're in this place where they don't know her they need to spend the night but they did something that they definitely disapprove of and don't want to see happen again and they have, uh, to, they have to diplomatically deal with the crazy old yeah. lady who they're reliant on. Yeah, it's shades of the visit a little bit, I thought. Exactly. When we get to this house, I'm like, damn, I can't wait to watch the visit. Like, I, 
I've only seen The Visit once, but I have such fond memories of it just being this wonderful horror movie. And I'm like, I, I can't wait to watch it again. But this scene kind of gave me those vibes, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I liked it, too. It felt like it was from a different movie. Like, I feel like the movie really yes. shifts tone here. And again, that's why I think the other stuff is kind of on purpose, because a lot of that comes to a halt when they get to this house. A lot of the goofy dialogue and weird, like, behaviors and stilted, uh, I don't know, just like they, even the way they move is weird in this movie. A lot of that stops when they get to this house, and it kind of becomes its own little encapsulated thing, and it starts working. That said, there are some weird things that go on in this part that don't really go anywhere, like the doll. What's with the doll? Like, I love the doll. Why didn't they do more with the <laughs> why doll? Why didn't they do it more with the awesome. doll? Like, or at least it's have so her creepy. in there, like, talking to the doll or brushing the doll's hair or something with the doll, other than just having this creepy doll on a bed, right? Like, I feel like right. you could have developed the doll a little more and had it be its own weird thing going on there, you know? If, if this movie, I'm going to fix this movie. We keep the same premise. But they immediately, near the beginning of the movie, end up in this house in the field, and they are stuck in the house with this crazy lady, and things just continue to get weirder and weirder. And like that movie kicks ass because they're stuck in the house because of the, or maybe they do it in a bunker, right? Where it's airtight, got filtration. Yeah, yeah, I got the Cloverfield Lane with John Goodman. Yeah, that's the jam. Give me something like because the rest of this because at this point I'm like finally something like something yeah is like yeah, if I you can had cling the on to old lady and she was she's our the antagonist that we've been and she was oh, saying yeah. shit like you wouldn't grab for a cookie would you my darling you know like, like some <laughs> shit like that then then yeah. you sold me more on the old lady right right like yep. Uh, as it is, as it is, she's just kind of a weird loner who has strange ideas about things. Um, I did think the part, it, 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 okay. So why then when she's killing herself, is she going around knocking all the windows in with her head, letting in the pollen? Like it doesn't make as much sense as if she had I just know, like split but it's her own really effective on the, on the window, you know? Uh, yeah, that would have worked too. But I think the, the horror moments of that work for me in a movie where nothing else happens with that, you get that visual of her banging her head in and then you're like, Oh, that's weird. And then the breeze comes through the drapes. You're like, Oh shit. Like, cause I, I'd forgotten what, was really going on and then the breeze blew the curtains i'm like oh here it's you know this is bad situation and then the next thing you see her or bust through the other window and it i i loved that moment <sighs> i need my man to direct some more just straight horror movies please make a zombie movie oh make yeah something. yeah that would be good that would be good um yeah I, I, so I, I thought john leguizamo's end was similarly like anticlimactic and weird yeah you know like for, the shot the visual of that jeep hitting that tree and dante is like launched through the window right Mwah, chef's kiss like that's a yes. great shot but then he just kind of staggers out into the street and slits his wrist with a piece of glass that he finds and it's kind of like huh that's a, yeah. yeah okay he could have been lawnmower man but he wasn't right i guess i guess i guess he's done now in a very yeah. like sad not spectacular way it's not that he was that great of a character anyhow but you got john linguizamo you might as well have him go out right. like, a, like there's an immediate affection for me when i'm like oh yes yes you know uh, so the the 
the need to sell me on the character is a little lessened when you have someone playing them that I already like. All right, so here here's here's what I think for me is the key to the movie. This is the this is the key you stick in the lock and you turn it and you unlock the movie and why why it's good. Okay? Okay. I'm ready. The scene in the house with the plastic tree is amazing amazing like before he even starts talking when he's in the house and he turns and they show this tree in the corner of the house i started laughing so hard i hurt myself like i was just laughing (laughs) so hard at this because it's just such a ridiculous image and it's supposed to be menacing but you can tell it's also kind of supposed to be funny and then he starts talking to the tree like only good vibes here, you know, like in his Mark Wahlberg voice. Yes. <laughs> like his high register. Hey, man. Hey, did you guys read that That's article sweet. in the New York Times about the bees? So, like, he, yeah. only good vibes here. And so I've come in peace to, to the tree. We just want to use the bathroom. <laughs> It's so great. It is so funny. And that, uh, then he's like, that's oh, the moment it's plastic. where it clicked with me, like, oh, this is all supposed to be funny. Like this whole thing is supposed to be like so bad. It's good. And and then I realized, wait, I have been enjoying this. It is so bad. It's good. I've been laughing this entire time. Like every time somebody says some dumb shit, be scientific douchebag. Like every time somebody says some dumb fucking thing, I'm laughing out loud at this movie. Right. And my wife and I are looking at each other and rolling our eyes and making jokes and so on and so forth. And I realized, Oh, that's, that's what's supposed to be happening. Like, like everybody went into it expect because the marketing was all wrong. Everybody went into it right. expecting signs, expecting the sixth sense, you know, and instead they get this goofball ass movie, you know, and uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it is better than everybody gives it credit for if you watch it from the right perspective. I am always in favor of someone giving M. Night Shyamalan the benefit of the doubt because I love his work. I am unable to agree. I think that's um, fair. That's fair that you don't agree. Maybe in I, 15 years you'll watch the, it again and be like, oh, I get it. I, it'd be easier to agree if we had a schlockier villain or something because the the suicide scenes are done so seriously. Yes. Right. And so that kind of that heaviness and if it is intentional on his part, I think it's a mistake to have something as serious as suicide to contrast with uh, a schlocky sort of fun film. Yeah. I mean, the other option is to have everybody start killing each other, uh, which is like Stephen King's cell. Have you ever seen or read the book cell Mm -hmm. by Stephen King? That's a pretty good one. That's where everybody's cell phone rings and they put the phone and they all just immediately go insane and start killing each other. Like, like, it's a very similar concept. It's like, you know, end of the world times and uh, an equally dumb reason why in the end. But worth a look. It's, uh, I think, John Cusack and maybe Sam Jackson are in the movie. Um, maybe we'll get to it one day. Yeah, maybe we will get to it one day. Uh, but um, I, I guess that's the only other option besides people killing themselves is to have people kill each other. Right. Um, so is murder more acceptable 
in, yes. than suicide? It like, absolutely is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, be, I, I personally, from an on-screen perspective, uh, I... I think it's better to have suicide treated with a different level of reverence of because of the mental health of it, because, you know, if someone who is possibly suicidal sees it, you know, and maybe thinks, you know, I don't know. And I, I just think it needs to be treated with a lot of care. Um, I don't think I think the likelihood of a homicidal maniac watching a movie and then going on a homicidal spree is a lot less likely. Um, personally, <laughs> I mean, I guess it has happened, but uh, I, I think it's more likely someone could see something that glorifies uh, suicide and then, you know, in turn. Okay, so suicide whole, suicide is more triggering. And homicide so. is a lot more prevalent in our cultural entertainment, right? Like, it's yeah, just, and I think a lot of people know. Yeah, and personally, that's just how I feel. Like when it's on screen, and I can't back it up by any sort of science or anything. It's a personal opinion that I think that suicide needs to be treated differently in art. Um, full stop. Okay. Here's a question, and I yes. just, this is not written down. I just came up with this. Oh. What happens to babies when they get hit by the pollen in the happening? Sids. They just flip over. <laughs> just flip over. What happens to really small babies? I don't know, man. Nothing. Because they, they can't do, do anything. They just, Maybe they stop do eating. Do they just feel bad? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. This is getting too dark for me. They just feel bad? Oh, man. I'm depressed. What's wrong, baby? Oh, I don't know. Uh, nobody's here to see me not stop crying. Um, all right. So on the topic of, of so bad, they're good movies. Do you enjoy yes. movies that are so bad? They're good. Like, do you go out of your way to like watch bad movies sometimes? Oh, do, fuck do yeah. you like, you ever oh, seen this, Drive this angry? looks like a piece of shit. I'm watching this. Uh, yes. Um, some like, yeah, I mean, I'm the guy who watched and reviewed all this kickboxer sequels. I knew they were going to suck, but there's something about watching it. that's like this weird. I, I find it appealing specifically like Van Damme list sequels. It's a, a, the, the gumption to be like, we're going to make another kickboxer, even though we can't get Van Damme. And we're just going to bump his character off right away. And there's something appealing about that. And there's a movie on Tubi right now called Ninja versus Ninja. And it is, I don't, I've never seen anyone talk about it. It's one of the best bad movies you can watch. It's really good. Um, another movie I really like, uh, notably on my other podcast is called Drive Angry. It's a, a, the Nick a Nicolas Cage, Cage movie. Yeah. That movie's fantastic. I almost feel like that's closer to, so good it's good um because it's kind of like purposefully being schlocky but it does it really well um but yes i i i definitely will if i see something that's like but it's got like i don't actually find the room that entertaining right like of, of a schlock fest yeah whereas something like ninja versus ninja uh or even the kickboxer sequels i'm i'm just more into that sort of nature of it yeah i go for for horror films so uh in particular oh, for like sure lately like i don't have a lot of 
as much free time as I used to. Like back when I first moved to Columbus in the mid nineties, a buddy of mine and I, there was a, a video store within walking distance and we determined we were going to rent every horror movie we had never seen. We were just going to start at oh, the nice. A's and go through. Oh, that and sounds like so much fun. Every shitty VHS horror movie we had never seen. We went through them all and watched them. And so like I've seen like a shit ton of bad horror movies. These days I have to be more particular. Um, I do watch pretty much any shark movie that comes up. Uh, not Sharknado. I, I stay away from those. I think that's just too dumb for me. Um, because again, it's kind of on purpose. I prefer ones that are trying and then they right. suck. Like I just watched uh, Black Demon. It just showed up on Amazon. It's like the the Mexican oil rig demon shark that sends psychic images of horror into its victims. You know, <laughs> it's so stupid. And I, I <laughs> actually, I, that one's great for about the first half, and then it just gets shitty in the second half. But but yeah, I I definitely you know will watch a shitty horror movie. Uh, Velocipaster, have better, you seen Velocipaster? Right? That's a good one. No, no. That's a great so that one. one is that's one that kind of comes across as like we're really purposefully. Uh, have you seen Thanks Killing? Yes, I have seen Thanks Killing. Yes, that first one. The second one I didn't like as much, but the first one I I really love. Um, yeah, as as like a bad horror movie, but it's also purposefully bad. But it it's harder these days to find your trolls. Right. You know, the ones that are like, we're really trying. We just suck at this. Yes. Well, I think that that there is like a a subgenre of we're doing this on purpose. Right. You know, and, yes. and that's OK. Like, that's acceptable. And people enjoy those. That's just not my thing. Like, I, I right. definitely want, you know, we're trying hard and we just are really bad at making movies. You know, uh, that's that's more my thing. Or even even like good movies that have terrible parts in them you know, are okay with me too. Um, but yeah, so I think next time, like if, if, if in the future ever you ever come across the happening again, for whatever reason and decide to watch it, uh, maybe, you know, go into it with that in mind, go into it. Like you're about to watch a shitty shark movie and, uh, maybe you might like it Uh. a little better, but for me, this is a definite win. Like this is, this is, uh, uh, definitely above Lady in the Water. Definitely above Praying with Anger and that Rosie O'Donnell and all that. It, like I, I, I think yeah. it's it's definitely like it's, this is not signs, but it is on the positive side of things. I'm not. I'm not. I'm no longer going to call this the one-two punch of suck when I refer to, okay. <laughs> to Lady in the Water and the Happening. Like I feel like this is way better than than I had initially assessed it at. Not to tip my hand at our later rankings, but I I I prefer Lady in the Water mostly because there's uh, acting um, that I can grab hold of, and I love Paul Giamatti in that movie. I think he's wonderful, and that gives me enough to tip it over the edge of this because this this feels like it offers me nothing, and that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Like I just I walk away with nothing to hold on to. Steal my things. Are you going to murder me in my sleep? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg goes, That's what? good. That's no. fun schlock. Like, that's great. It gives you something to hold on to. That's yeah. fantastic. Oh, it's so good. I, th- this movie really makes me smile. Like, I really, really do I, like I it really, a lot. I'm glad that, because normally I'm on the other end of this. Like, with Mark, yeah. I, I'm the guy who finds the good in not so great movies. Like, I, I'm, I'm the guy who's like, this is kind of wonderful 
I have a hard time with this, and maybe it's because it's Shyamalan, and I have a certain expectation with his films going in where I, I want them to be good. I want to be shocked and awed and thrilled, and he didn't deliver that. Now, had I maybe watched this movie and it was directed by Joe Smith, I could have maybe come away with that attitude. But I think because of the pedigree of the director... I'm having a different expectation. You know, the most Shyamalan moment in this movie is when the train has stopped and Wahlberg goes over to talk to the train conductor guys and they're all gathered there and they tell them that they're, they've yeah. lost contact with everybody. That's the one moment where it actually feels like a Shyamalan movie, right? Like yeah. it has that like whispered conversation, you know, and people are kind of quiet and subdued and so on. Um, and you get this kind and of I feeling think that's of menace, the- you know. But the bigger downer, because even though Lady in the Water stinks, it still has elements of a Shyamalan film in it. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't. And it like you. And and again, if it's on purpose, good on him, uh, because it doesn't feel like anything else he's directed. Uh, So but I mean, it's certainly better than our first two films. Right. Like Wide Awake. And yeah, there's something here you know wide awake is definitely worse um but there's actually a level of heart in praying with anger that i kind of prefer like he's just learning and trying so it gives me a little value this just gives me nothing definitely no heart the scenes in the house with the old lady okay so thinking of thing or speaking of things that are unlike anything he has ever directed before what's up next jeff so let me let me look at my calendar because I know we got a bonus coming up, but I think it comes after the next episode. So the, we're gonna watch the last Airbender. This is a film I started and turned off, so I have now required to sit through the entirety of the film. Yes, yes, and I have never seen it at all. I'm also fairly unfamiliar with the cartoon. I've watched maybe the first couple episodes of the cartoon, and I just and and enjoyed them and just never had time to to continue on with it it's a big commitment you know uh so so yeah i'm kind of going into this one cold as well other than its reputation which i'm going to try not to let influence me as i I, watch i hope that you come back with the same enthusiasm like like maybe you just look at this as like okay first off this it's directed it's from paramount so it is the fourth studio in as many films uh and because uh, they own Nickelodeon and Nickelodeon owns. Right, right, right. This. Um, so we'll see. I, I mean, we'll get into all the whitewashing stuff and all hey, that. Wait, was that this was this released in 3D? Do I need to get a 3D Blu-ray for this? My understanding is, OK, yes, it was. But my understanding, it was not shot in 3D, but they did the oh, post effects. Oh, it's going to be so shitty it looks 3D. Really bad. Oh. Yay. Yeah, I might get I'm, okay. I'm gonna look in to see if I can get a. Cheap, it's cheap. on Showtime or Paramount Plus if you have. I do. I have all that because I just am an idiot and won't cancel things. Everything goes up five dollars like once a month, and I'm just like, ah, oh, but that has Star Trek on it, so I gotta keep yep. it. So I'm a dummy. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. 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 Well, I'm excited. I am gonna so look into a 3D. 2008. Blu-ray. We're we're digging our way through, despite you finding some gold in this, you know, mess. Uh, we still are digging our way through the, the, the valley of M. Night Shyamalan, um, but we're getting there. 
you know, we're getting there. Yep. We're almost back to the visit. I'm so excited for the visit. I I hope it doesn't let me down again, but it's just, well, it, the excitement of his return to form. There is, um, there is the terrible rapping, which is enjoyable on its own. You know, like, I don't know if you recall the terrible rapping, that but movie, there is some terrible there are parts rapping of that movie in that, that movie. <laughs> are deliberately funny. Yes, I, that I agree. That are, you know, like, why don't you get in the oven? The diaper to the face. I can't wait to watch it After again. seeing it with my, my older sons, who were probably in their teens at the time, they ran around the house doing the old lady run for like months afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's almost like found... Anyway, all right. We're going to watch Last Airbender, so no more happiness for us. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Eric, you could do so on Twitter at Eric underscore Hotter. Check out his YouTube page, Eric Hotter, as well as Gaming Nexus, where you can get all your gaming reviews. You can follow me on Twitter at Pod cast by jeff you can also check out my other podcast the movie draft house where i've a lot more grab baggy with uh how we review things based on monthly themes so you can see a little more variety there uh and we'll see you in two weeks for the last airbender bye all thanks